First Chronicles chapter 12, in verse 32. It actually gives this whole chapter here, just the names of all these guys and just the different tribes and different types of men. And we're going to dive into a little bit more in just a second. But um, when you look at this, First uh, Chronicles chapter 12, we have the growth of King David's army. We have mighty men, helpers in the war, armed men, men of valor, trained for battle, guys that could handle shield and spear. I mean, from all the different tribes, the Gadites, uh, Benjamin, Judah, Manasseh. And then, um, and, and as you read through here, it's really cool to see how the Lord just brought all these guys to David. But I wanted to kind of hone in, if you, if you would, look at First Chronicles 12, and notice what it says in verse 32. It mentions these guys now who are part of the army. It says in verse 32, of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So these guys, they were uh, somehow uh, a little bit more insightful, a little bit more knowledgeable, a little bit more gifted, understanding the times and therefore being able to, you know, just direct, you know, be counselors uh, uh, to what Israel ought to do. And so that's obviously something that Israel needs uh, right now. That's something I think we all need right now. We kind of need to know what's going on. We need to understand the times better. And so we're going to dive into this. We're going to talk about insight into Hamas, uh, why we need to pray for Israel. We'll talk about things like that and even some specific Psalms that we can pray. Of course, you guys know, right? God loves everybody. You know, God died for everybody. And if you're here tonight and maybe you, you don't know that yet, maybe you don't have a relationship with God, this is what church is all about. It's not a social club. You know, it's not just where we come together and, you know, we got support, you know, and it, it is a blessing, you know, to have brothers and to have sisters in your life. But this is where the Lord God, uh, when we place our faith in Jesus, he forgives us of all our sins. Think about that. Whatever you've done, whatever you're going to do, it was nailed to the cross. That's how much Jesus loves you. And the Bible says that salvation is a gift. It's a gift that you receive the moment you place your faith in Jesus Christ. And so just in case, you know, there might be someone watching online or someone here and you haven't yet made that step, that commitment, I pray that today would be the day. You know, you don't just come to church and it's like a religious thing. Not at all. You know, we're not into religion. We're all about this relationship that we can have with God that is personal, that is beautiful, that is made possible by the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins, you know? And then also, I was just thinking, if you're here and you're hurting, you're broken, you're struggling, you know, you're in the right place. Just to let you know, we're all like that. We all have our struggles. We all have our issues. We all have our, our sins. We all have uh, just things that are going on. And sometimes people get a misconception of what church is. They think that going to church, uh, you've got to be perfect. And it's like a museum for perfect people, you know, like a museum for saints. But it's not, you know. In all reality, we're kind of like ain'ts, okay? We're kind of like that, you know. We, uh, this is a hospital for sinners. You know, we come here and we're messed up. And God just begins to work on us. God begins to, to change us. And God begins to heal us. And then whatever it is that's going on in your marriage or going on with your kids or going on with your body or your you know, situation at work or, or just whatever it is, you, know, you go to the Lord and then he gives you wisdom on what to do. And then he also gives you the power to do that. And so it's here. You can come with whatever it is, maybe even your addictions, uh, and the things that you can't change about yourself and God breaks those chains. You know, God sets you free. So I really want to make sure that you guys understand that, that this is what church is and this is the opportunity that we have tonight. And so um, we're going to get into what's going on, um, but I actually wanted to begin by showing you guys three videos. Now, just in case it's your first time here at Calvary Chapel Almani, don't call us the video church. We don't normally do this, you know. <laughs> But um, uh, I wanted to share you, with you guys a few uh, videos. Um, you know, when you look at these, I think, and then we're going to kind of weave it into the text, we're going to see how um, these things are, are relevant. The, the first video is uh, uh, an interview with an individual named Masab Hassan Youssef. 
And he was actually uh, the son of one of the founders uh, that established Hamas. And he was being groomed to follow into his father's footsteps. But um, he ended up, you know, getting saved. But he grew up in Hamas and he knows exactly what they're all about. And so it's good for us to have a real clear understanding, not from, you know, you know the, the side over here that, that hasn't been there but from one that was in the thick of it. So we get to hear from him. And then we're going to look at a couple of videos also that we uh, will show you. Uh, because of the fact that this, you know, is all happening, and I think the hospital, you know, that all the explosion there, that, that fueled up, you know, the, the, the voice of the world that's against the Jews. Um, we need to know that as we're navigating through all this, that we, in one sense, we're like jurors. You know, we have to look at the evidence and then we have to make a decision. Don't just go with what's trending now. You know, unfortunately, what's trending now is everybody's choosing the Palestinian side. You know, I mean, and I, I should, you know, be careful with that. You know, we love the Palestinians. God died for them. God wants everyone to be saved. But I guess it'd be better to say they're more not choosing the Palestinian side, but they're going against Israel. And so we have to be careful with that. So there's a, a, a video of the, this uh, demonstration and protest in Amman in Jordan, which is the nation just um, there east of Israel where uh, Moab was and Edom was back in the day. And just we, we see, we're going to see that their chant, what they're saying, and, uh, and you're going to get an idea of just the potential uh, of how this all can escalate in ways that really should make us pray. You know, we should be praying for this situation. We have to pray. You know, don't think that it, it can't affect you. And even if it didn't affect us, we, stood sh we should still pray. But when you see this, that, you know, that, that first video, which is very informative about Hamas, the second one, which is the, you know, the, the rallies all around the world, representative of what's going on in the Arab Muslim world, and not just there, other places. And then the last video has to do with um, the, just uh, the, 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 some insight into who really um, caused all those um, innocent lives to die in the hospital. It wasn't the Jews. And so we need to see things like that. So we're going to roll those three videos. Hopefully it works. I'm joined now by Musab Hassan Youssef. He's the author of Son of Hamas. Uh, and he joins us live. You know, your father was a founding member of Hamas, and you were groomed to take a leadership position. Eventually, you converted to Christianity, rejected their political and military objectives. Why did you do that? Well, for the simple uh, reasons that we see uh, right now in, uh, in, in Gaza, that Hamas does not care about the lives of uh, uh, Palestinians, does not care about the lives of Israelis or Americans. They don't care about their own lives. Uh, they consider uh, dying for the sake of uh, their ideology a, a way of worship. And uh, how can you continue uh, in that uh, uh, society. Okay. I'll ask you the same question I asked my last guest. Can you coexist with someone whose mission is to is your destruction? Well, Hamas is not seeking coexistence and uh, uh, compromise. Hamas is seeking uh, conquest and uh, taking over. And by the way, Israel, the destruction of the state of Israel is not Hamas' uh, final destination. Hamas' final destination is uh, building the Islamic Khilafah, which means uh, an Islamic State on the rubble of every uh, other civilization. Th these are the ultimate goals of the movement. Musab, you say, you say in your book that Hamas targets civilians as a tool of war. Tell us about the Hamas that you know from growing up uh, in the West Bank. Mosques, uh, Hamas taught us that uh, without shedding uh, innocent blood for the sake of... Uh, uh, the ideology. Uh, we won't be able to uh, build an Islamic state. They were preparing us from uh, the age as uh, young as uh, five years old. This is the ideology that Hamas uh, was uh, uh, feeding us. 
And uh, honestly, it's uh, impossible almost for anybody to break through and see the truth of and real face of Hamas and be able to leave at some point. Uh, as you see in my case, I had to lose everything just to say no to Hamas. And today when I look at the children of Gaza and I know what they are fed, uh, I know that they have no choice. And Tal Heinrich, spokesperson for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who joins us from Tel Aviv. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. So we're talking about this hospital explosion, and we have evidence that there was no crater. Usually when Israel strikes, it leaves a big hole in the ground. Instead, there was a fire in the parking lot, which shows that it, it was a misfire rocket from um, from the uh, is from uh, Gaza, and also there's other evidence. We have a the IDF posted a phone call between two Hamas members. It's in Arabic, but it admit, they're admitting to each other we did this. It was our fault. Listen to this. <laughs> See, it looks like it. It was uh, the Palestinian, uh, the Palestinians that did this. They're saying they're admitting that. So, why is this narrative floating around that it was Israel's fault? Well, first, I would like to thank you and thank Fox News for airing these important voices that we just heard, because uh, to your questions, part of the lies that have been spread are part of Hamas's own propaganda. It was very significant that this morning President Biden sat with Prime Minister Netanyahu and in his voice and to the cameras, he spoke to the whole world and unequivocally said that, no, that was not Israel behind uh, that uh, strike on uh, that hospital in Gaza. That was the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. And the president said so based on evidence, data evidence that the IDF and that we have shown him and our American counterparts. And uh, also, we also uh, put out videos very, very quickly after this uh, happened, uh, proving that, in fact, it was part of a barrage of missiles that were fired from inside the Gaza Strip by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. One of them fell short at the parking lot of uh, that hospital. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, there was also Al Jazeera footage, a live footage that caught the same thing. Uh, we also released security uh, camera footage from one of the kibbutzim in the vicinity of the Gaza Strip. It's called uh, Nativa Asara. And in that uh, camera of, of that kibbutz, you can also see very clearly how that missile misfell. Uh, now, uh, this is a, a tragedy. It's, it's a complete tragedy of, of the war. But this tragedy is on the shoulders of, of Hamas. The one uh, uh, brother, um, he uh, he's actually, um, again, was raised up in Hamas. He was being groomed to be a leader, but um, he uh, he ended up uh, getting saved. And it's a pretty amazing story, the way that he got saved. He was in uh, Israel, and he considered all the Jews infidels. That's the way that they would uh, kind of acknowledge them. And then one day he was invited to a Bible study. He didn't know really much what it was, but uh, he knew they were Christians. And he's all, well, I've heard from these infidels. Now I'll hear from these infidels. And so he went to the Bible study. And he said he didn't really remember much about the Bible study, but they gave him a Bible. And so he started reading it. And next thing you know, he's in the Sermon on the Mount. 
And just God just began to touch his heart as he was just reading the Bible. And so let me just say this. If you're out there, you're struggling, or maybe you're wondering about this whole thing, um, yeah, we'll give you a Bible, and I want to encourage you, just start reading it. Start reading the words of Christ, and they just really got a hold of his heart, especially the words that said to, to love your enemies. And so, um, you know, crazy, when you look at these things, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about each video as we go through. But again, let's start there in First Chronicles 12, 32. Um, the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. And so we're, we're smart. We're going to look at these things. Uh, even churches are being swayed in the wrong direction. And so we want to have an understanding of the times and even know what we ought to do. Uh, ironically, it's interesting. We read, uh, uh, there's a passage over in the book of Esther, chapter 1, verse 13. It says, Then the king said to the wise men who understood the times. And so we need an understanding of the times. Kylan Delich is a commentary. It said that this means uh, sound and correct judgment in political matters. One person said it's experience, having knowledge of what's going on in the world. One person said that this asserts is that those men of Issachar who went over to David thereby showed political sagacity. And that means having or showing keen mental discernment and good judgment. And so I know some people are like, well, I don't have time, you know, to make a decision. I don't have time to do an investigation. I don't have time, you know, to find out what's going on politically. I think we need to. You know, we're praying for our lives individually. We're praying for our community. We're praying for our nation nationally. And then we've got the world that we're living in and globally. And so we have to have an understanding of the times. And so for us as Christians, we've always mentioned this. Like, what time is it? What time is it on God's clock and you look over at Israel you look over at Jerusalem and you find out what's going on you know those uh those Jordanians that were protesting there to me it looked like a million people I don't know you know there's a lot of them there now again they're adjacent to Israel and uh they're basically do you hear what they're saying they're chanting the sacrifice of their soul for the the that mosque Al-Aqsa now that mosque Jordan they're the keepers of the mosque, and you guys know where it's located, right? It's located right there on the Temple Mount. And so basically, they're being, you know, they're, they're being urged by, you know, Hamas. They're being urged by the Islamic world, this whole nation right here. And then again, you've got the West Bank right here just to come, and, you know, it could happen. You know, we have to be praying on this, but they would just love to rush Jerusalem, rush that Temple Mount. And we're going to see these things we're looking at. It's crazy. Israel is in the middle of a war and a fight for their lives. We've seen it in the Bible many times how they were surrounded. And so while they're there and the clock of questions of prophecy abound, the rest of the world can join the war in different ways. You know, people are fighting physically. There's a, a battle that's going on mentally. But for us as a church, we need to fight spiritually. We really need to fight spiritually. It's an intense fight and attack on Israel like never before. We have protests going on all around the world. And it breaks my heart even to see that sometimes in the church, the support for Israel is waning. And so we need to be careful as we're indulging ourselves in all this information. We need to understand the times. We need to be just. We need to be wise juries. We need to be wise as believers who you guys know this, right? Do we love everyone? We love everyone, you guys. We may not agree with their lifestyle. We may not agree with their political views. We may not agree with, you know, whatever. The, the Palestinians, they were the ones that elected Hamas into office in 2007, but not all of them. Not all of them, right? So there are many, many innocent lives. We love everyone. But this book right here, you guys know this, right? This is a Jewish book. It is the rise and fall of what nation? Israel. The authors of the books of the Bible, they're, they're Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. So please be so careful that you don't lose that. We love everyone, but there's a special place 
in our hearts for Israel. Pastor Chuck had it. I mean, he used to donate so much money to Israel. He went there 67 times in support of Israel. So the last thing in the world we want is to have a a Calvary chapels that begin to go the wrong way. Um, We love everyone, but there's this understanding of what's going on in our hearts for Israel. And so let's look at this. um, And I think that we can even make a case, not just spiritually, not just biblically, but historically, Hamas. Now we'll begin there, Hamas. And you guys, I know some of you know these things, but maybe some, it's new information. Hamas is actually derived from an acronym uh, on, on an Arabic phrase that means Islamic Resistance Movement. Now, the, the acronym was later glossed in their covenant with the word Hamas, which carries uh, such concepts. There's three things that primarily stand out, zeal, strength, and violence. So zeal, strength, and violence. And so, in other words, this strong and zealous Violence. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. Most of you guys probably know the relationship between Arab and Hebrew words. Arabic and Hebrew, they both belong to the same Semitic language family, making them similar languages. And so uh, when you look at that, that word in, in the original uh, language, uh, it's the same, and we're going to see it. We find it numerous times in the Bible. Uh, I was reading an article in, in the Washington Times, and it said this, The Hebrew word, the Hebrew word, Hamas, is a noun meaning an act of aggression, but especially involving physical contact. Hamas, uh, as an entity, was found in 1987, but the biblical word uh, Hamas, which means violence, reaches back to the earliest chapters of the book of Genesis in the Bible. And so um, when you read the book of Genesis, it's interesting. You read Genesis 6, 11, and then again in verse 13, you're going to find because the violence, the Hamas, was so crazy that God had to bring the flood. That's part of the reason. And so I actually wanted to show you guys something. How many of you guys are familiar with Blue Letter Bible? I'm just curious. Okay, so some of you guys aren't. You need to get saved right now, okay? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's a really good study tool. It's online. It's free. They, have so, they can go so deep. And it's go, you can look up a word, and you can click on it, and they'll even tell you how to pronounce it, you know, in Greek or Hebrew. So it's a great study tool. But I wanted to just show you the word here in the Blue Letter Bible. Can you guys see it there? It's, I circled it. It's that word Hamas, all right? So if you go down here, the King James Version translation count total, the word is found 60 times in the Bible and 39 times, if you could look down here, it tells you the different English words it's translated, 39 times it's translated violence, seven times violent, four times cruelty, three times wrong and then false and then there's a couple of others right there. But the bulk of the meaning of the word which they identify as that we, sometimes things are like right there, right in front of us and we, for whatever reason, we don't, we don't perceive it. You know, that the very name, the very name is, is strong and intense violence. And so for us, we have to be really careful I was thinking of that Psalm, Psalm 716 also has the, uh, the word in it. And it says, his trouble shall return upon his own head and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. As a matter of fact, I was thinking we should read that Psalm together. If you guys want to go to Psalm 7. Psalm 7, it says in in verse 1, meditation of David, which he sang to the Lord concerning the words of Cush of Benjamin. O Lord my God, in you I put my trust. Save me from all those who persecute me and deliver me, lest they tear me like a lion, rending me in pieces, while there is none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is iniquity in my hands, If I have repaid evil to him who was at peace with me or plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue me and overtake me. Yes, let him trample my life to the earth and lay my honor in the dust. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift up yourself. Lift yourself up because of the rage of my enemies. 
Rise up for me to the judgment you have commanded. So the congregation of the people shall surround you. For their sakes, therefore, return on high. The Lord shall judge. The peoples judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous God tests the hearts and minds. My defense is of God who saves the upright in heart. God is a just judge and God is angry with the wicked every day. You know, I was looking at, you know, you can go on social media, you can go on um, um, Instagram, Facebook, maybe even TikTok, but there's this other app called Telegram where it it shows everything, you know, it shows everything. And you go on there and you see the, the, the baby with all those bullet holes. You see the body still. You can see their skeletal structure just burned in their vehicles or burned in their homes. You see the different images there because I think maybe, and again, it's not for everybody, but we have to see what's going on right here. Psalm 711, God is a just judge. God is angry with the wicked every day. I mean, where there are, there are lines that people cross, and I, you wonder, well, why are they doing this? Why is this ISIS style? Why? It's because of the fact, like we saw in the video right there, they believe that in order for their caliphate, and we'll talk more about later, they, they want to establish an Islamic rule over the entire world, over every civilization, that innocent lives must die. That's why they can justify these things. And so Psalm 711, I've always remembered that because that's easy to remember, huh? 711. Uh, he's a just judge. Now, he doesn't all, do it all, uh, a lot of times right away, but eventually every wrong will be made right. And so right here in verse 12, if he does not turn back, he will sharpen his sword. He bends his bow and makes it ready. He prepares for himself instruments of death. He makes his arrows into fiery shafts. Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out and has fallen into the ditch which he made. His trouble shall return upon his own head and his violent, and there's that word Hamas, and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. And so we're going to, you know, Psalm 7, there's another really cool psalm that we'll read later, but you're going to see that the Jews have been there many times. And we see it over and over and over again. You know, it's interesting what Musab Hassan Yusef uh, was sharing right here. Um, when you look at this guy, he was actually um, the, um, he was a Palestinian who eventually worked undercover for Israel's internal security service from 1997 to 2007. Uh, Shin Bet, which is uh, Israel's internal security service, considered him its most valuable source within uh, their uh, team. The information he supplied prevented dozens of suicide attacks, assassinations of Israelis, exposed numerous Hamas cells, and assisted Israel in hunting down uh, many militants uh, even incarcerating his own father. And so when you look at uh, this guy, I do encourage you guys, look up Musab Hassan Youssef, and you guys are going to see that, like the interviews and his testimonies and the information that he provides. And I was looking at a whole bunch of different sources, and it looks like everything he's sharing, even from a Christian perspective, is just right on. So he's actually a really good source. He wrote a book, and, and um, it's called uh, The Son of Hamas. He converted to Christianity in 1999, and in 2007, he moved to the United States, where he was granted a political asylum and so that video that we saw was actually from 2014 after a conflict that killed 695 palestinians and 35 israelis and so when you look at his uh his his interview right there uh, i wanted to highlight just a couple of things that 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 we saw there um he said hamas does not care about the lives of palestinians 
They don't care about the lives of Israelis. They don't care about the lives of Americans. They don't care about their own lives because they consider dying for the sake of their ideology a way of worship. And this is how they can do what they do, strap bombs on their bodies. They think when they die in that type of setting that they immediately go to the highest heaven with 72 virgins. That's actually what they believe. And they also believe that if they die in that way, in a jihad fashion, then their families, this is what's going to happen. The government will take care of their families financially for the rest of their lives. And this, this is how they can do those type of things. And so you have Israel right here. You have uh, them allowing the Palestinians to govern themselves. 2005, 2007, they end up electing Hamas to be their government. Uh, Israel willing to coexist. Israel offering the Palestinians their statehood five times. You can be free. You can be a state. You can, no, they refuse to have that. You want to know why? Because they refuse to accept the statehood of Israel. Because their agenda is to wipe them off the face of the map. So this is what we're facing. This is what's going on. And so the guy asked him, hey, uh, can you coexist uh, with these people? And this is what he said. Remember, he said Hamas is not seeking coexistence or compromise. Hamas is seeking conquest and taking over. And by the way, the destruction of the state of Israel is not Hamas' final destination. Hamas' final destination is building the Islamic Caliphate. He sees the word caliphate, which it means an Islamic state on the arrival of every other civilization. These are the ultimate goals of the movement. And so when you see the interview right here, he said in Mosque, the Hamas taught us that without shedding of innocent blood for the sake of the ideology, we won't be able to build an Islamic state. And so he talks about how they were preparing them for this from the age of five years old. And so this is this good for us to know uh, what is going on. We need to understand the times and the days that we live in. We need to be aware of the propaganda because you're wondering, well, how can they kill their own people? They're using them as human shields in the hospital. And, and here's how. Because imagine if your religion or if your you know, ideology taught that that's actually a way for you to please your God and to worship him. And so this is how they're able to do those things. So we need to be aware of the propaganda. And that is information uh, uh, spread in a misleading nature that's biased, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. And so I woke up this morning and after I was done, you know, spending time with the Lord, I ended up looking up a couple of things and it turns out that Hamas on social media is just exploding. All their followers, it's just crazy how we see what's now trending. For us as a church, I pray that we would be wiser than that. You know, we see these anti-Israel protests springing up all over the place, and we need to make sure that we have an understanding that you and I, we're people of truth. You know, when we look at this, and when we look at what's happening with Israel, it's not just a battle against flesh and blood, I pray that we would know it is a spiritual battle. You know, and I don't know if you guys are going through it or not. Um, I'll bet you that some of you are. Some of you guys are just going through things right now. I think that the days are getting darker. I think that we're going to we're gonna start getting hit in different ways. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with, with China and, and, and Taiwan. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, what's, what will Russia do? What will North Korea do? It's interesting because Israel, during this time, we know there was that, an aspect of division going on in the nation of Israel. And perhaps the enemy thought, well, they're in a vulnerable state. And perhaps maybe they were. But now uh, we see them not unified. I just believe, and I think I'm feeling it, I don't know if you're feeling it, that the days are getting darker. Randy said something very important uh, about joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, amen? And so we won't be you know, afraid, we're not going to freak out, we're not going to um, be discouraged, but we do need to be vigilant, we do. You know, these are days to pray. These are days to be in the Bible, reading that Bible and asking God to speak to you. These are days to be wise. 
These are days to be close to God. You know, you're as close to God as you want to be. It's up to you. And so all I'm saying is that, you know, we're looking, is this the end uh, of the world? I mean, I, I, some people, when, when I say end of the world, let me ask you guys, does that make you happy or sad? I'm just curious. There's an aspect where, yeah, that would be cool, Lord, because we can't figure this thing out. You know, we have all this money, we have all this technology, we have artificial intelligence, we have, I mean, you name it, we have so much, that we, can, we can travel, we have the internet, I mean, and we can't, we, things are worse. I mean, it's crazy. So I don't know about you, but I want the Lord to come, and I do look forward to heaven. I'm not an escapist, don't get me wrong, but um, I do. I, I do want all this evil, sin, suffering, sickness, death, devastation. I want it to end. And so Jesus came the first time and he's coming again. Is this it? I don't know. We're not a weird church. Well, maybe a little bit, but we're not that weird. We're not a weird church. We don't know. It could be a million years from now, a thousand years to, from now, but it could be tomorrow. See, when Israel was born again as a nation in 1948, after more than, really, in all, in all reality, more than 2,000 years of, of not having their autonomy to rule themselves, that was a miracle. And the Bible says that would happen in the last of the last days. And so when you look at things shaking and quaking and all this is going on in Israel right now, it, it just makes me like, hey, Manny, you better make sure that you're ready for the Lord's return. And you know, it doesn't make me just a religious person. I, I pray that we would not know that. It, it, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to affect me as a man of God. It's supposed to affect me as a husband. It's supposed to affect me as a father. It's supposed to affect you as a wife. It's supposed to affect those of you who are married. You know, it's not just a religious, okay, well, now the Lord's coming. Let's go to church. Let's go to church. Yeah, go to church. Yes, but, you know, let's, let's love our, our family. Let's be the men of God at home. Let's be the person you're supposed to be, you know, with your friends or at work or whatever it is. You single people, be pure, be strong. You know, not just religious stuff, not just excitement about prophecy, but a transformation of my life filled with the Holy Spirit like never before, you know, because these might be the last of the last days. We should always live like that anyways because not only that, but you just never know, you know. Um, life, the Bible says, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, we tend to number our years, but, you know, none of us have tomorrow guaranteed and so we need to be ready and, and you, when you look at Israel, those of you who read your Bible, it's not the first time the devil's tried to wipe them out. Remember when they were in Egypt and the Pharaoh said, hey, if you get any boys, throw them into the river so that they would die because, you know, they were, uh, or there was a population explosion going on. And so what ended up happening is they put Moses in the river because of that, right? It, it was, again, an attempt from the devil to genocide, to wipe out the Jews but of course we know they put Moses in the basket and he floated down. Next thing you know, they raised him up in the Egyptian literature, training, leadership. I mean, they basically equipped him and the very plan they had, which was to destroy them, put the babies in the river, was the one that God used to raise up their deliverer one day. And so that, you know, when the enemy was trying to wipe out the Jews, just like we see happening throughout history, God raised him up and God did this amazing miracle brought him out of Egypt with the 10 plagues. And then when all the Egyptian army was there and the Pharaoh and his chariots, which is the equivalent modern-day tank, you know, then God uh, opened up the Red Sea. They went through the Red Sea. And when these uh, got crazy, you know, Egyptian uh, soldiers followed them, just God, God just swallowed them up. You know, we see that happen in Egypt. We saw that happen in Persia, which is modern-day Iran, uh, when, again, saying there's a plan, they're going to wipe out the Jews. Esther goes in and uh, has the courage to stand in the gap for them, and God delivers the Jews once again. We saw it with the Nazis. 6.2 million Jews slaughtered. Now, how, why, how, do you, how can you explain that? Why was Hitler focusing on these Jews? And, you know, you might come up with some creative human explanation 
But the spiritual explanation is because of the fact that, that, that they're God's chosen people and Satan is trying to wipe them out. So not the first time. And now we see it again. You know, the Islamic world, unfortunately, and I know some will say, well, it's just the zealous ones. And, and in, a, in a certain sense, it is. Yes, the 10% that take the Quran literally, but the rest are financing them. And so for us, you know, again, we, we love them, but we just have to know what's going on. We have to know what they teach. We have to know these things. You know, for us, uh, uh, Psalm 120, 6 through 7 is a, is a good verse to, to write down, kind of like the principle where it says, my soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. And that, imagine living life like that every single day. And then the day comes in, you know, and you guys saw what happened, the, the, just the, the kids, the, the elderly, you know, the, the ones at the, at the concert right there, 260 dying. I mean, I, 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 again, there's, there's this aspect where we have to understand Israel should have the right to, to end this. And the objective is to end Hamas. And now we understand why. And this is why, as we close today, I, I want to pray that we would be praying. Praying for the whole situation. I, I believe we should pray for the Palestinians. I, we, I believe we should pray for our enemies. But let there always, don't ever let the enemy rob you of the special place that Israel has in our heart. Don't, don't let the enemy do that to you because when I read my Bible, I, I, I see God wants us to maintain that. As a matter of fact, this morning, I was just reading through the book of Jeremiah, doing my daily devotions, and I came across this, uh, something we see frequently in the Bible, uh, even though, and I've heard some Christians say, well, the Jews aren't, uh, aren't, aren't they don't believe in Jesus. They, they've rejected Jesus. It's true. It's true. As Christians, we're well aware of the fact that the Jews, generally speaking, have rejected Jesus. Only 1.6% of the Jewish population in Israel is Christian. Uh, 20% of the Jews in the United States identify as atheists, right? We, we know that. But in spite of all that, if you've read your Bible, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. In spite of all that, God has not rejected the Jewish people and the day will come when they will overwhelmingly accept Jesus as their Messiah. They, they will. And I read an interesting verse today in Jeremiah 30, verse 16. It says, therefore, speaking of people that come against the Jews, it says, therefore, all those who devour you, Israel, shall be devoured. And all your adversaries, every one of them shall go into captivity. Those who plunder you shall become plunder. And all who prey upon you, I will make prey. If you read Jeremiah 31, uh, 35 through 36, it's interesting because it says as long as there is a sun, as long as there is a moon, as long as there is an ocean, there will always be a favorable future for the nation of Israel. So when you're reading your Bible, you know, you're seeing, yeah, God sometimes does discipline Israel. He sometimes does deal with them. But whatever you do, you don't want to be part of those who, are, who come against them because then eventually that's going to catch up to you. We go back to Genesis 12, right? In, in verse 3, God said, I will bless those who bless you. Speaking of Abraham, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So let me ask you a question. Do you want to be blessed? Who wants to be blessed? I'm just curious. <laughs> then bless Israel. Uh, now, is there anyone here who wants to be cursed? I'm just curious, you know. I mean, it's a simple uh, uh, scripture there. If you get a chance, we're running out of time. But write down Genesis 17, 15 through 21. And there you'll see uh, the descendants of Ishmael became known as the Arabs. And in the Arab world, there's 93% Muslims. And there you're going to see, as you look, God said, I'm not going to bless you, Abraham, through Ishmael. I'm not going to bless you through Ishmael. I'm going to bless you through Isaac. 
And that's what Genesis 17, 15 through 21 says. And so we read in Genesis 27, 29, because you got Abraham, you got Isaac, and then you got Jacob. And what did they change Jacob's name to? Israel. So now we're talking about Israel, the same principle. It says in Genesis 27, 29, cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. So I'm not messing around. You know, a lot of times when I think about you guys, when I think about my family, I just, the Lord, bless them. Bless them. Lord, bless them. You know, and that might not be, you know, you're making a million dollars. Maybe you will. But the blessings to me are, is the goodness of God lavished over your lives. And I don't know the divine details on how that works for every single person. So, but I can play, I pray, Lord, bless them. Bless them, Lord, with your goodness, with your love, with your will, with your power, Lord, bless them. And as a pastor here, I, I can give you not, not a formula, but a promise that God will bless those who bless the nation of Israel. Again, we're not saying we... Love, we, we don't love them. We love everybody. But there is a special place in our hearts uh, for Israel. We pray for the peace in all the world as Christians. There's got to be that special place, however, in our hearts for the Jews. You know, I, I'm reminded of the Roman centurion in Luke chapter 7 uh, and verse 4 when one of his servants whom he loved was ill. He sent uh, his messengers to Jesus to ask that he would heal his servant It says, and when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying, the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation. He loves our nation. And I think Chuck taught us that. Pastor Chuck taught us that. Pastor Raul taught me that. We have to share that. You guys don't ever lose that. Please, don't ever lose that. There's a really cool verse, Psalm 122. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. And so it's an interesting uh, psalm right there. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So imagine he's writing it down. He's writing the Bible, right? Okay, I want to tell you guys what to do. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And then as he's writing it, he's almost uh, praying for them. May they prosper who, who love you, you know? And so you, you want to get blessed? Anybody want to get blessed? Anybody want to be prospered? Now, of course, we're not talking about health, wealth, and prosperity, that type of thing. But we're just talking again against just about that life, that goodness that God has for us, right? And so you're wondering, well, what can I pray? And there's a million things you can pray. But let's close with Psalm 83. Psalm 83, it's a song, a psalm of Asaph. When you're there, say, I'm there. Okay. Verse one, do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace and do not be still, O God. Now, an interesting verse, do not keep silent. Because you want to know why he says that? Because when God sits on the throne, all he has to do is speak it. And, and whatever he wants, he probably doesn't have to speak it. He can just think it. But you know, he's just saying, do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace. Do not uh, be still, O God. For behold, your enemies, they, they make a, a tumult, an uproar. And those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. Look at verse four. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Now, does that sound familiar? That's modern day language. Death to Israel. Death to America. That's the chant. Verse five, for they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab, and the Hagrites, Gebel, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, with the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria has also joined them. They have helped the children 
of, of Lot. Now, I think we might have a map on that. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, so this is an interesting map because this map is kind of hard to see. But um, if you look at it right here, um, you, the, the red is actually modern day and the black is what it was then. And so here you have the nation of Israel, but um, the black, you have Moab and Edom and Ammon. And if you look up there, you know, you've got Tyre and you've got Sidon. Those are all nations that are mentioned right there. And that's, uh, those are, are places which, again, modern-day Jordan, modern-day Lebanon, modern-day Syria, all right there, those places that are surrounding the nation of Israel. And so they're conspiring against uh, your people right here. And so the prayer right here, verse 9, is deal with them as with Midian, as with Sisera, as with Jabin at the brook Kishon, who perished at Endor, who became his refuse on the earth, make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb, yes, all their princes like Zeba and Zalmunna, who said, let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for a possession. Now, I'm just kind of reading it, but you know, you can pray this. You can actually pray this prayer. You know, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. And, I, and I'm telling you guys, this is his promise. You'll be blessed. You'll prosper. God will do this work. Oh my God, make them like the whirling dust, like the chaff before the wind. As the fire burns the woods and as the flame sets the mountains on fire, so pursue them with your tempest and frighten them with your storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name. Oh Lord. Now that's really interesting because we want them to be saved. Isn't that cool? Let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish that they may know that you whose name alone is the Lord are the most high over all the earth. And in the Old Testament, you know, there was the name uh, Yahweh, right? Um, the Lord, it's all caps right there. And in, then the God said in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31, you go down, you know, just a few verses, 31, 32, 33. God said, and then the day would come where there would be a new covenant, a new covenant. And that covenant would be in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so when you look at the Old Testament, the name Yahweh, that's the name Yahweh. But then God said, one day I'm going to send my son and my son will have the name above all names that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Because he died for you. He loves you. In Jesus, there is life for you. In Jesus, there is healing. There is forgiveness. There is power. There is wisdom in Jesus. And so I pray that as a church, we understand, we know these things. And I know for me, I'm like, okay, Lord, um, this, 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 we're, inter- we're living in some very, very, you know, interesting days i've never seen this in the history of my life and it hasn't happened and really the history of israel i mean they've gone through many wars but not like this this is as worse as it's been since the holocaust as far as the lives that were slaughtered in a single day and so lord help me not to be a and, and i hope this is not a bad word um some of you guys know spanish is menso a bad word Okay, it's not that bad. All right, Lord, help me not to be a menso. <laughs> help me, Lord, to be an obedient man, a loving man, a wise man. Lord, please work in me and work through me. And Lord, just bless your people. No, don't leave tonight without giving Jesus your heart. Please, I beg of you. Man, we, we, we really have to take advantage of of this time that he's given to us. He's kind of warning us, I believe. So we need to be ready.